Coming up on Transformers University, we're going to take a look at the online fandom, or lack thereof. In 1986 Plus, we're going to cover some of the merchandising opportunities taken around the world, as well as a couple of special publications right now on Transformers University. Hello, my friend, and welcome to episode number 83 of Transformers University. I am your host, Anthony Brucalli, owner-operator Madman behind TFU.info, the website, the Toy Archive, this podcast, the YouTube channel, and oh so much more. And welcome to Transformers University. I hope this show finds you safe at home. Hope it finds you uh, healthy and your friends and family healthy. Uh, washing their hands and keeping away from this uh, coronavirus outbreak. And uh, if it does not, and if this virus has affected you or a loved one or a close friend, uh, then I hope this podcast provides you a little bit of comfort and distraction as we talk about the world of some giant alien battling robots. So today on the show, uh, we're going to continue our look into the online fandom for Transformers in the mid-80s. Now, in 84 and 85, I was able to dig up a few things. Uh, if you go back through those episodes, you'll find I even did an interview with the first person to talk about Transformers, the comic book, online on Usenet. And so I did a little more digging through Usenet for 1986. Now, the archives of Usenet are really tricky to search these days. Um, I'll give you the short story of it from what I can remember and from what I was able to find online. Uh, the basics of it is this. There was really no good Usenet archive uh, for a while. And then this company called Deja News. I remember Deja News when I used to post to Usenet. Being a web-based Usenet posting service, uh, generally you would post to Usenet uh, through your email software because uh, it kind of worked under the same principles. And it was just... Uh, a lot easier just to click a open new message and, and address it to the news group. So, long story short, uh, up until about 2000 or 2001, Deja News was out there, and it was archiving uh, posts as well as allowing people to post. And this little company got bought out by a then fairly unknown company called Google. And so Google turned that into Google Groups. And Google Groups for whatever reason, has a lousy advanced search. Uh, it doesn't work properly. Uh, you kind of have to fiddle around with it and backdoor your way into specific Usenet groups in order to find things. So that makes it tricky. On top of that, there are a couple of um, zipped archives of Usenet uh, through the early years uh, that only equals like a couple of gigs worth of download. I think it was like an eight gig download. And then you could search that, but then you'd have to basically just read through all the individual messages. So I did I did that, and I and again, it's not a complete archive, uh, and searched the word Transformers, and then opened every single text file <laughs> that was Transformers related, and the majority of them were about uh, electronical Transformers, uh, so it was about electricity or audio. So I have to say, I only found one post in 1986 that mentioned Transformers as the brand. And the funny thing is, the one thing it mentions is that you can go to a store without seeing 
things being branded for merchandising purposes. And the poster mentioned that he was at 7-Eleven and saw Transformers gummies. So I know that seems like fairly commonplace today, but that was, I guess, out of the ordinary back in 1986. And you have to think also Usenet and the home computer, it still wasn't really... Not that it wasn't a thing, but it wasn't everywhere. It wasn't in every home. It wasn't a lot of homes. And then connecting to the internet usually meant you were on a college campus or you were in some sort of uh, science or research facility. So the volume of posts is way, 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 way down. There would be weeks, maybe even months between posts. It's almost like writing a physical letter to a pen pal. So yeah, that one Usenet post that mentioned Transformers mentions, go figure, Merchandising, and I had planned to do this episode around merchandising uh, anyway, because I didn't feel there was enough on either topic to really warrant their own episode. Now, if you are new to the show, welcome. I hope you stick around and listen a bit more, and maybe even go back and start from the beginning. But if you're not new to the show, you know I've plugged all sorts of uh, ways to help the show and ways to get in touch with me. I will not be doing that in a new form uh, for a while because uh, I wanted to devote my time a little better. And so in advance of that, I've created a couple of promos to play within the show. And so you'll hear the first of uh, two new promos in this episode, starting with this one. Hey, want to help out this podcast or the website tfu.info? There's a number of ways you can do it. Let me tell you how. You can help us directly by joining our Patreon and enrolling as a student at Transformers University. There, you'll get early access to the podcast as well as exclusive behind-the-scenes peaks and perks for as little as $1 a month. Sign up is quick and easy. Just swing on by to www.patreon.com slash tfuinfo. Another way you can help us is by using our Amazon link, www.tfu.info slash Amazon. Type that into your browser whenever you want to shop at Amazon and a portion of what you spend will be contributed back to us. It's that easy. Finally, you don't become the world's longest running transforming toy archive without some help from other fans. We're always on the hunt for photos of figures and accessories we're missing from our pages. If you'd like to contribute, go to tfu.info slash help for a list of what we need or send an email to info at tfu.info. tfu.info, the alpha trion and omega prime of transforming toys. Now, back to the show. So let's talk a little bit about merchandising, but before I do, I do want to mention one more thing about that post. I did a little research and I don't think there were Transformers gummies in 1986. Maybe they were GoBots gummies. Maybe they were Voltron gummies. Uh, another thing here is that nerd culture really wasn't much of a thing. So comic book collecting wasn't much of a thing yet, which is probably why the volume of posts, aside from access, is then you still need the type of people who would post about comic books to the rest of the world as adults in a world that saw comic books mainly for, at best, young teenagers. So that brings us to merchandising, and this will give me a chance to cover a few things. It'll give me a chance to cover uh, some of the more interesting stuff from the United States and from other parts of the world, but it'll also give me a chance to double back to Japan, where we covered the toys, but I didn't cover some toys that were 
very much like merchandising. Uh, they were necessarily, you know, they were vinyl figures or things that just didn't come up as I was doing my research. So we'll have a chance here to talk a little bit about Japan and some of their more interesting things. So I'm just going to run down my list that I have here. And the first thing I have was from a contest in the United States called Decipher the Decepticons. Now, this was a mail-away sweepstakes. I won't get into the details of the sweepstakes, but the winner got a hot rod go-kart. I believe there were five winners. Uh, a hot rod themed go-kart valued at $2,500 in 1986 money. Now, according to usinflationcalculator.com, $2,500 in 1986 in 2020 would be about $5,887.66 at a cumulative rate of inflation of 135.5%. So that's double and then some. Now, the reason I bring up that particular thing first is the one resource even I use probably more than my own resource is tfwiki.net. My friends over there are offering a real baby in exchange for images of this thing. Now, that's probably sarcasm. My God, I hope it is. But that is the holy grail of images for the TFWiki at tfwiki.net is an image or several images of this super rare, super expensive hot rod go-kart that would have been almost $6,000 in today's money. Now, 86 was the year of the movie, so there were certainly a lot of movie-related kind of things, your typical kind of uh, movie stuff, T-shirts, school supplies, backpacks uh, in the United States and probably in Europe as well. In Japan, Takara had some interesting things. They had uh, a subsidiary company called Seven, and uh, we've talked a little bit about them before. They made the decoys. They made the Transform Junior toys. Uh, they also made vinyl figures, and they had several of these in 1986 for the movie. They had Convoy versus Megatron, which is Optimus and Megatron. There was also the Scramble City gun set number one, which had uh, Convoy with four random peach colored decoys. And then there was a secondary set, which was the same thing, but it had Ultra Magnus instead of Optimus Prime. Convoy. Right, right, Convoy. There was also a uh, dark game, which featured the same Ultra Magnus figure and a uh, Metroplex Metroflex in Japan, uh, Soft Robo, as it was called in that, came alone or came with a water gun, which also featured two random peach-colored decoys. In Japan, there were also a series of toys called Talk Formers, which featured real talking voices of the voice actors from Japan and had um, Rodimus and Galvatron available. And again, these were kind of like statue-like figures. Back in the United States, there was also some Halloween costumes, which uh, is interesting because the character choices are really kind of offbeat. It's not uh, it's not Optimus, it's not Megatron, it's not Starscream. It's Metroplex, Ultra Magnus, and Superion. In the UK, there was an Optimus Prime knitting pattern. Yep, get your knit on, have a knit fit, and knit yourself an Optimus Prime sweater. There was also a series of watches available in Japan. Featuring Superion, Galvatron, and Ultra Magnus. These would be later imported into the United States almost seven or eight years later as part of the Generation 2 line. Additionally, in the US, there was the Powertronic AM radio featuring Ultra Magnus, there was the Ultra Magnus 3D jigsaw puzzle, and the Ultra Magnus voice synthesizer, which 
still leads me to believe, and I haven't read any early scripts yet, so don't spoil it for me, but we will be getting to one of the early scripts in a future episode. The way Ultra Magnus is treated in a lot of these side materials that weren't the movie make me believe that Ultra Magnus was meant to be an upgraded form of Optimus Prime. Um, aside from the toy sharing the cab mold, it just makes sense that maybe they were going to upgrade both Megatron and Optimus in the movie and then changed from that stance somewhere in the script development process. Now, finally, speaking of Transformers, the movie, uh, one thing we got a lot of in 1986, in fact, we got two of them, and we'll talk about them uh, both, uh, are were sticker books. Now, sticker books, uh, and we'll explain a little more in detail as we go, were basically books you could buy and then buy packs of stickers, uh, much like baseball cards, and fill in the blanks in the book. And, you know, there'd be 100 or 200 stickers available to you and 10 per pack, and you try to complete the set. And one I remember very, very well, actually, and it was, I always had it underneath what my mom called the hassock, uh, which I guess is a word. Most people call it an ottoman. Uh, we used to have it not in front of another chair, but we used to have it against the wall underneath an alcove that had the telephone. Uh, shelf, uh, which was an actual phone on a shelf. It was Mickey Mouse phone. That, And underneath that shelf was where the hassock was. And under the hassock, there were two things I always remember being under there. One was the Fall Guy, the board game, uh, which now belongs to Brian Kilby of Radio Free Cybertron. I mailed that to him uh, about a year ago <laughs> when I was cleaning out uh, part of that house. And uh, hopefully he's put it to good use. The other thing was the 1986 Transformers the Movie sticker book. And for more on that, I'm going to toss it over to one of our patrons over at the Patreon, www.patreon.com slash tfuinfo, and host of my favorite Transformers-adjacent podcast, Mike Seibert of Mike Seibert Radio. Hey, what's up, fellow Transformers University students? My name is Mike, and I'm the host of the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. So the last time I was on the show, I talked to you about the Marvel Comics adaptation of Transformers the Movie, and that I didn't actually have all three issues until I was an adult, but that my way of reliving that incredible rock and roll adventure was actually through a sticker book. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today, uh, the Transformers Sticker Collector's Album. Album, uh, from Diamond Publishing, published in 1986. It's one of two sticker albums released in 1986. Uh, one was from Panini, which featured episodes of the cartoons. And uh, this one, the one I'm talking about now, is uh, from Diamond, um, and that features Transformers the Movie. I don't know anything about the Panini one, uh, other than it seems to be the one folks seem to remember more. Um, I, I can't tell you anything about it because I didn't have it. But I can tell you about this one uh, from Diamond Publishing. Um, I've I've actually been really excited to talk about this one for a really long time uh, because this was kind of my primary connection uh, to the movie and the story before it came out on video and after it had left theaters and it was a it was a really cool way to engage with the story um, in fact you might even say uh, well 
you know the line. Um, it's essentially a story and activity book for Transformers the movie, where instead of just showing stills of the film like a traditional storybook would, uh, this story is told in numbered collectible stickers uh, that were images from the movie and uh, captions underneath. Uh, the book itself is 32 pages broken into four chapters with 225 numbered stickers required uh, to complete the story. That's where the uh, collectability factor kind of kind of comes in. Uh, the book was available either separately or in a polybagged starter set with 10 packs of stickers. Uh, separately, the book retailed for a whopping 39 cents, um, unless you went to Toys R Us where you could save a penny and get it for 38 cents. Uh, the stickers were 29 cents each and came seven to a pack. I, uh, I, I remember very specifically uh, collecting Garbage Pail Kids at the time also. Those were stickers. And the Transformers the Movie stickers were a few cents cheaper, if I recall correctly. And there were a few other sticker albums um, I got at the time also uh, like uh, like G.I. Joe and Mask, uh, maybe even something Star Wars related, but I don't remember off the top of my head. But what I do remember is getting in trouble when I covered an entire side of my dresser uh, with uh, with various stickers. Um, so uh, um, the the front cover uh, is the classic poster image, you know, with Ultra Magnus and the new Autobots firing skyward uh, towards Unicron. Now, it's also interesting to note that the title simply reads The Transformers with the traditional red and silver chrome lettering um, and not the new kind of uh, magenta and orange, uh, uh, more matte lettering um, of the Transformers the movie logo. Uh, the back cover um, is an original art piece, I, I think. Um, it shows Unicron in robot mode and featuring the new characters in battle, but also um, includes Optimus Prime and Starscream as well. Now, before I get into the stickers themselves and how the story plays out, I mentioned that this was also an activity book as well. Um, in addition to the few packs of stickers to get you started, uh, the book also comes with a magic decoder. Now, the magic decoder was a piece of cardboard bound into the book at the spine. You'd carefully uh, tear the cardboard along the perforation. Half would be a pocket checklist for the stickers, and the other half became the magic decoder. The magic decoder was basically a window with red cellophane, uh, very similar to the tech specs reader that came with the toys. In fact, um, I, I ended up using my tech spec scripts uh, most of the time instead, uh, just because the, the plastic was a little thicker, it was a wider strip. Um, you know, I could I could basically just kind of like put it over my eyes, um, it, whereas the uh, magic decoder was about the size of the uh, the stickers and the corresponding square uh, in the book uh, meant to actually decode it, not just kind of change your field of vision. I cheated. Uh, but what was cool about the magic decoder was that you could get a sneak peek at what the image was in the book, even if you didn't have that sticker yet. Uh, plus, there were secret messages and puzzles to solve as well. Uh, basically, anywhere where there was a red scramble pattern in the book, that was a place where you could use the magic decoder and interact with the activity book. 
Uh, the book essentially follows the story of the movie um, and fairly completely as well, uh, despite being only a 32 page sticker book. Uh, chapter one is called A Deadly Hunger um, and follows uh, from the introduction of Unicron, the destruction of Lithone, and uh, through the shuttle attack and the siege on Autobot City. Uh, there's a secret message from Blaster you can decode uh, saying the adventure is just beginning, activities where you can reveal. Blitzwing's two different vehicle modes, uh, Perceptor watching on a monitor, revealing that he's watching Devastator and Swoop, and true or false uh, is Thrust a Decepticon or an Autobot. All of those you need the magic decoder to, uh, to see. Uh, what's also really cool here is that while most of the scenes are single stickers, you know, kind of like one for one, uh, there are also several that are uh, two stickers or two squares, like the shot of Bumblebee and Spike earlier Early on on Moonbase 2, uh, some really cool uh, hero shots as well. Uh, chapter 2 is the transition of power, and I should note that all of the chapter headings end in exclamation points, so I guess it's the transition of power, uh, which, uh, which starts with Optimus Prime arriving in his shuttle with the Dinobots and ends with Galvatron blowing up Ultra Magnus's shuttle, believing he's destroyed the Autobots and the Matrix with them. Uh, in addition to the one and two panel shots, uh, there are also several four panel scenes as well, including Hot Rod leaping at Megatron and uh, the explosion of Moonvase 2, uh, which I remember uh, being a real pain in the butt uh, aligning these four panel uh, stickers uh, correctly. And I remember the size of the box on the page and the size of the sticker not exactly being the same size which again made aligning the stickers uh kind of difficult as you know sometimes i would get them uh weeks and months apart uh depending upon what i got in the packs so, uh really tricky um i should also note that while you could see the images for most of the story scenes with the uh, the magic decoder uh there were some that remained a mystery until you actually got that corresponding numbered sticker. Uh, the decoded message reads, sorry, no sneak peek at this picture. Some of the obscured images were uh, significant block details uh, where some of them were, were pretty arbitrary. Uh, chapter three is called The Planet of Junk, which follows uh, from the crash landing on the titular planet of junk uh, through Unicron's assault on Cybertron, now in robot mode. Uh, chapter four, The Final Struggle, goes through the final act of the film, starting with the Autobot seeing Unicron from the Quintesson ship and ending with Rodimus Prime with his fist raised, not unlike John Bender saying, let us rebuild our home and live in happiness until all are one. The end. Um, now, the the back cover, uh, the inside back cover, uh, gives two bonus offers. Uh, one for a backpack featuring Snarl, uh, the one Transformer famously not in the movie, um, except for those two shots. Don't don't at me, bro. Um, you could get that backpack for eight dollars and ninety five cents, uh, seven ninety five if you include twenty four empty sticker backs. And the other offer was to complete your sticker collection, which I I actually had a really hard 
time doing. Uh, I, I don't know what the ratios were, uh, but some stickers were just super rare and uh, harder to find than others. Um, I, I think I ended up having uh, two or three of these books, same book, and uh, maybe one of them was totally complete. And again, the price differential between a pack of stickers and another book was 10 cents. So it's like, hey, I, I got an extra 39 cents in my pocket and I've got a stack of all these stickers. Because again, anytime we were at the store, that was an easy ask. Hey man, can I get a pack of stickers? Hey man, can I get a couple pack of stickers? It was, um, and, and again, maybe a little more uh, socially acceptable for uh, my grandmother than uh, Garbage Pail Kids. Um, anyhow, uh, there's, a, there's an offer to complete your collection by ordering them directly through Diamond Publishing. Uh, just list the number of each sticker you want. Include a check or money order in a self-addressed stamped envelope. Allow six weeks for delivery. Plus a bonus offer when you enclose 10 empty sticker packets, you get 20 stickers for one dollar um yeah and i don't know about anybody else this is kind of embarrassing but i was an adult before i understood what a self-addressed stamped envelope was despite seeing it in commercials all the time uh so i i didn't finish my set that way i just kept buying sticker packs and more albums until i finally got a full one um a couple more things i wanted to touch on um all of the characters depicted in the activities uh, within the book are uh, the toy designs um, and most using actual box art, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, the violence in the in the movie is kind of downplayed a little bit. Uh, like, for example, there's no image of orange smoke billing, billowing out of Prowl's mouth. Uh, but uh, the caption does explicitly say uh, Megatron and his horde destroy Ironhide and his crew taking control of the ship. Um, likewise, Optimus Prime is shown being very dead. Uh, Starscream is still graphically murdered as well, uh, but Ultra Magnus is felled by rockets instead of being lasered or drawn and quartered or any of the other uh, alternate ways uh, that, that he uh, sees his demise, uh, very similar to how he is in the movie. Now, the only specific deviation I could find between this version of the story and the movie itself is that The Matrix is referred to not as the Matrix of Leadership, but as the Matrix of Light. Uh, between that and the images being lifted from the actual movie, I'd say this book was produced very shortly uh, before the actual release of the film. And that's what makes this sticker book so memorable and special to me, is uh, is having the opportunity to see all of those iconic images uh, from the movie and reliving the story. Uh, plus, the collectible sticker gimmick added uh, to the fun and frustration as well. So I spent a lot of time time interacting with this book and uh, I gotta tell you it was it was a ton of fun getting back into this and dusting off uh, those old memories um, I, I hadn't actually uh, read this book in decades and it was a uh, it was a ton of fun I, I hope you dig it as well uh, thanks a lot for listening you can listen to my podcast Mike Seibert radio pretty much wherever you listen to Transformers University and until next time wash your hands and make good choices back to you Ant. And as Mike mentioned, you can catch his show uh, just about everywhere you listen to this show. And I dug up some scans of the Diamond sticker album from Transformers the movie. And uh, he is absolutely right that it was 39 cents in the U.S. 
49 cents in Canada. And I found a scan of one that bundled in 10 sticker packets for $3.29 at KB Toys and was discounted <laughs> clearance for $1.89. Now, in my research of this diamond sticker book, I did find some international versions of this, and one worth noting was the Argentinian version of this book, that there, there are scans out there of it, and it's fairly much, pretty much the same, features stickers from the movies and uses the red decoder, but the games in the middle are a little different in that they use various character artwork to obscure other characters' artwork. So, for example, I'm looking right now at... Uh, Inferno in the middle of one of these pages and his robot mode features a red drawing of Snarl overlaid onto it so that when you Put the decoder over it. You will see Inferno in his entirety It also means if you put some sort of blue sheet over it You would see Snarl in his entirety and same for his vehicle mode in the fire truck is covered with Devastator and uh, this is all throughout uh, this book uh, for Both Autobots and Decepticons. It's it's pretty neat now, the other sticker book he mentioned, there was the, the Diamond one, and there was also the Panini one. And the Panini one was available around the world. Uh, I found a couple of different scans from South America and from Japan. I believe it's Japanese that the writing is in. And that one's pretty interesting because it features some uh, neat foil stickers. It features some larger images assembled from multiple stickers, like the, the old uh, back-of-the-box artwork from 1985 as a nine- piece sticker and it does feature a bunch of early stories including uh the the first three-parter uh with some artwork the combination of artwork and stickers but there's also character profiles and the interesting thing about the character profiles is they're laid out in the same manner as the stars mail away profiles in the text spec manual they feature a, a diagonal name box with uh, this big drop shadow on it and some artwork that is usually very toyetic and it also features a sticker foil sticker that covers the alt mode for that figure uh, featured in these tales is uh, a number of stories uh, the, the like i said the original three-parter truncated down to about two pages war of the dinobots sos dinobots fire on the mountain and of course heavy metal war Or, as it's called in one of the Spanish-language versions I found, Agrera Heavy Metal. With a hyphen between heavy and metal. Now, finally, one other sticker book I found uh, also came, I think, from South America. I'm guessing it's South America. And it features predominantly artwork that we've seen in the Marvel books coloring books. The big difference here is that as a sticker book, the stickers also feature that art in color and it's from a company called Esso uh, which in 1972 became Exxon. Uh, however Exxon used Esso, the brand name, in places around the world uh, including Japan where it actually appears in the Master Force series, uh, the cartoon series that we'll get to when we cover 1988 and um, in South America and going off of these scans uh, it's in Spanish language, uh, so I'm guessing it's either South America or Spain uh, that these uh, stickers and sticker books were a promotion via SO gas stations. 
Now, as I mentioned, the artwork comes predominantly from Transformers coloring books, but the stickers are also of that same artwork in color, which led to some very interesting colorations. Uh, and I will post some of these up on the Twitter. Uh, the scene from one of the books where Ratchet is repairing, uh, or shining, I should say, Mirage. Mirage's chest is yellow. Ratchet has purple accents. There's an Optimus Prime with a uh, green face mask and green head crest uh, with predominantly his regular colors throughout. Otherwise, whenever Rumble is here, he is the red one. Uh, there's this awesome coloring of Skywarp that uses purple and white instead of his normal purple and black. Uh, and there's a Bumblebee that has a lot of orange highlights that also looks pretty cool. Uh, I do have a scan of all the stickers at once, so I might post that as well, but I, I might zero in on a few of these and use them as the thumbnail up on YouTube. So make sure you check those out at TFU underscore info is where I'll be tweeting those out and on YouTube at youtube.com slash TFU info. And lastly, one last thing to note, as Transformers are making their way into South America as a... Uh, as a property and as a phenomenon there was a sponsorship of transformers by coca-cola uh, which featured some very toyetic optimus prime art holding a bottle of coke i guess he liked to teach the world to sing thanks for listening to the show Stick around to hear what's coming up next episode, but first, I want to fill you in on a few ways you can stay in touch with the show. Want to be on the show? Leave us a voicemail at 702-763-4838. That's 702-POD-4TFU. Or send an email to info at tfu.info. Be sure to catch us on Twitter at TFU underscore info and on Facebook and Instagram under the username TFU info, all one word. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TFU info, where we post all of our podcasts plus special video segments, reviews, and live coverage of Transformers-related events such as New York Toy Fair and New York Comic Con. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit us at www.tfu.info, the world's longest-running transforming toy archive. And with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Transformers University. Next time on the show, we're going to go back to the Marvel Comics one more time, but not for story-based entries. We're going to take a look at the limited series Transformers Universe. It's like this show, minus the E.T. For your limited series, and we'll tell you all about it next time on Transformers University. I am your host, Anthony Brucalli, owner-operator Madman, behind TFU.info, Transformers University, and TFU News and Views. Until next time, see ya.